solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Locked On Texas new podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Taco Tuesday. Make sure you got some tacos. I am your host, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Thanks for making Locked On Texas your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's also an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, some of y'all may not love the discussion centered around today's podcast and YouTube show. You may like it, some of the news. However, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to my co-host, Cody Davis, to get the folks a rundown. Let's hop into it, a Taco Tuesday Locked On Texas show. Yes, sir. On this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are actually going to discuss how the Houston Texans are failing with their personnel adjustments. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans. Look, at one in five, I think we can all prepare ourselves for the worst season in franchise history because it's not only the record, but it's also stuff that is going on behind closed doors off of 16 and Kirby is what is making this organization even worse. But ladies and gentlemen, there are that there is a reason for you guys to could actually have a little bit of hope looking towards the future. And to be honest, it doesn't even have to do with the Houston Texans. But ladies and gentlemen, to get this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, John and I want to talk about the biggest news surrounding this organization, which is the release of Whitney Merciless and the release of Andre Roberts. And before moving on, I do want to say, John, listeners, just spoke to a source right before we got on air. And I have been told that those two guys are not the end all be all in terms of players who are going to be released. I also been told, keep my eye on David Johnson. Yes, I understand. Things about to get even more crazier for the Houston Texans. But you said David Johnson? Maybe that they did. Maybe that. Maybe. Oh, wow. Thy thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Now, now, since because you're doing that, why why you end up staying the whole season? As it is on 16 and Kirby. (laughs) Give us his day. (laughs) But, you know, but looking at the two guys that we know right now, Whitney Merciless and Andre Roberts, starting off with Whitney Merciless, according to Aaron Wilson of Sports Talk 790, we're actually going to have him on the show tomorrow. Um, Aaron reported that the main reason that went behind Whitney Merciless' decision to get released was the fact that this organization wants to focus on a lot of their young players. They're going into a youth movement right now. Um, and it's basically due to the emergence of John Grenard, who has been one of the few bright spots for this organization throughout this season. However, John and listeners, I am a little bit conflicted by that reasoning because when you take a look at the Houston Texans, it kind of goes with the inconsistent that they have been giving us ever since the start of OTAs. And I say that because I'm not against the release of Whitney Merciless, but what I am against is the reasoning behind it because just what, two weeks ago, we watch you guys choose Danny Amendola over Anthony Miller, who can literally have been a part 
of this organization and the rebuild process. On the defensive side of the ball, we are watching you for two weeks in a row, most likely going to be three weeks come Sunday, give Charles Aminihu a healthy scratch who's only like 23, 24 years old, but yet you discuss, you decide to go with Jordan Jenkins, who is 27, 28. I, I don't understand that reasoning. Also spoke to a source they told me that Whitney Merciless did not want to be a part of this organization no longer. He asked the team for his release. And that makes perfect sense. And let me say this. Nobody is going to, you know, romanticize about Whitney Merciless in the last two years. I mean, uh, seven and a half sacks in the last, I think it's yeah, seven and a half sacks in the last two years. We're not going to romanticize about it. But what I will say is, Cody, you're looking at the reasoning behind it. I, uh, I I like the reasoning behind it because it makes sense from what I've been saying this entire time. Mm-hmm. I can't say that for players like me advocating for Alani Johnson or who everybody may want to see at this point, a Scotty Phillips over your Scotty over your Philip Lindsay's or your David Johnson's, and not have the same. Regard to Jonathan Grenard over Whitney Merciless, I will say that Jonathan Grenard has made it harder for Whitney Merciless to get on the field. His snap count had a decrease in the last few games as Jonathan Grenard's went up, and his production has been there with four sacks so far this this season in five games. Now, what I do not like about this is Whitney Merciless is another player in this franchise history that went out sad. And what I mean by that is, okay, J.J. Watt, all he did for the, the team. The city. This, right. The three-time <laughs> defensive MVP. Uh, what he did during the Hurricane Harvey time. Excuse me. Look what he had to endure last year. And you know what he said? Enough is enough. I'm not coming back for this. I got to go. And we know that J.J. Watt got into it. O'Brien last year, there was times when him and Anthony Weaver got into it last year. Everybody's pointing fingers. Uh, we even heard about the, the the issue between Ross Blacklock and J.J. Watt. When J.J. Watt could have just did what he did off camera, but he chose to do it on camera. Whatever the case is, he is a Texan great for this franchise. He went out sad. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he is a Texan great for this franchise. He went out sad because... You know, I would feel disrespected. Y'all traded me. All y'all got back player-wise with David Johnson in the second round? A second-round pick. He went out sad for this organization, not for their career, but what they could have done for this team. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, Dwayne Brown, uh, Andre Johnson. Owen Daniels is a Texan great. Like, Houston has had Aaron Foster. Houston has had... Vontae Leach, Houston has had, <laughs> you know, some very good players at, at times in their career, the best player at their position, now, if not one, maybe one A or two. And like I said, I'm not going to romanticize about Whitney Merciless. I mean, we know what Whitney Merciless is, but he did receive two extensions from this team. And he did have 57 sacks and 102 starts, Right. And what's your second? Was, what's your second all time in franchise history? Second all time, and I and I thought it was going to be Mario, but Mario got a lot of sacks in other places, so mm-hmm. he's second all time behind who? JJ Watt. Watt. Come on, man, that's an issue, and so it starts up top. 
what's going on for you guys to not be able to get it right when you're bringing in great players, you're drafting these great players, right? And you're not able to produce. When we look around the, 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 the division alone, Indy, Jacksonville, and Tennessee all went to the AFC title game. Hmm. And Houston has yet to <laughs> sniff that. That's a problem. And so you're, you're right, man. Like, uh, merciless. I'm glad he asked to be released. I don't know if there's a team out there that can use it right now or a contender. Uh, he may look to retire. And, and like Cody mentioned, viewers, Houston isn't done. But this is a problem in this franchise that you draft great players, you bring in great players, and the excuses of why you weren't able to go further or the excuses behind some of the decisions, you scratch your head behind them because why? And he's in that list. He's in that long line of great players that Houston has drafted and, and hasn't been able to do nothing. Now, for Andre Roberts, okay, finally, finally, he didn't play in preseason. Hasn't been good so far at all in the offseason. I mean, in, during the season. And the case was always made that he should have never made the original 53-man roster. When you had an Alex Erickson, who's in Cincinnati right now, who I thought played phenomenal for Houston on special teams. When you had a Chris Moore, when you finally brought him up, look what he was able to do for you in, in the passing game, right? I, I thought he was one of those players that because of my connection with the coaching staff, I got a buddy over here. He's going to vouch for me. He's going to advocate for me, and I have a job. This is the NFL. And, yeah, you're going to have guys that do that for you, but at some point you got to put up a shut up. Now, finally, he uh, got shut up, rather shut out, and he's going. Houston just in a bad spot right now. And with all of the deals, the the 70-some-odd transactions Nick Casario made, we also found out about a players-only meeting that the team held right before the loss to Indy. You got to look around and start asking yourself, viewers, Cody, uh, media members, how quickly have this team lost faith in the powers that be? And right now, nobody ever had faith in Jack Easterby. His presence alone has still been – he's a, he's an entity of his own self. But how quickly are we starting to lose interest in, in faith in Nick Casario? And if we lose faith in Nick Casario and, and interest in him – it trickles down to your head coach who's in a bad position. But to bring it back all around, the players that were released, you know, we wish them the best, especially Whitney Merciless. It's sad to continuously see this cycle. It's a cycle with this franchise. And that's a problem. And if that's a problem in a cycle with this franchise, that was a problem in a cycle with the franchise when they had a competent owner, how worse is it going to get when you got Cal McNair right now who – what is he? This episode of Locked on Texans is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965, a place where family and friends can reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come and recharge. I got to tell you something real quick, guys. They got that 20-piece with a basket of fries right now for $8, and 
And you got kids sometimes, they're in the backseat coming home from school. They got mess all over their shirt. They're screaming. We want McDonald's. We want McDonald's. Dad, give us McDonald's. Mom, give us McDonald's. And you may have McDonald's at home, which ain't really McDonald's at home. But you know what? For $8, those kids can spill a 20-piece, excuse me, a 20-piece and a basket of fries. Come on now. You can't beat that. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Texans? Watch party? Huh? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Texas podcast. Make sure you are subscribing to the page. Cody, I wanted to talk about something that you mentioned a little bit in the first segment in regards to the Houston Texans are choosing to move on from older players and giving younger players more time now, right? And I'm immediately looking at the running back situation and asking myself, is it time to do this now? Now, on Sunday, really quick, I think Sunday was the worst performance I've seen from David Johnson because at no point during that game did David Johnson show that he wanted to play football. Hmm. At no point. And I mentioned on yesterday's show about that whiff block that led to a sack when uh, on Davis Mills when Houston was 34 and they needed that drive to, you know, come on, let's, let's do something. Let's do something offensively. This was right before the half. But I'm reminded of an article I read back in August when Coach Cully said the 2021 offense philosophy will correlate to the available personnel. And Cody and viewers, I got to tell you, that's exactly what we're seeing. The available personnel hasn't been good. The 2021 offense hasn't been good. Yes, you suffered an injury at quarterback with Tyrod Taylor. You was forced to kind of throw in Davis Mills maybe earlier than what you wanted to because I think we can both agree that we knew at some point of this season we were going to see Mills, but the offense that has really lacked so far is the run game, and that personnel correlates to the philosophy, and they're still trying to stick by that philosophy, and they're still sticking by players that no matter what they feed us, the personnel, when I look at Philip Lindsay, who, by the way, has only totaled, uh, uh, what was it, 32 snaps in the last three games, totaling for 57 yards on the ground for 19, um, 19 yards per ground per, on the ground per game. And David Johnson with 90 snaps in the last three games, which, by the way, is more than Mark Ingram has. Well, he's totaling 87 yards in the passing game and only 33 yards on the ground. So in August, when I read things like the philosophy correlates to the available personnel and then through week six, <clears throat> through week six, a change of personnel should be made at some point unless you're okay with the results, but you can't be okay with the results because Houston has only two games where they rushed over 100 yards. Uh, they've had three games where they rushed under 60 yards or less, and that's due to the personnel that you're putting on in the field. So that quote was 100% correct. They do correlate because it's so mundane. You guys have yet, as a coaching staff, uh, as an organization, you have yet to switch it up. There hasn't been any adjustments to be made, and that's my problem. At some point throughout this season, adjustments have to be made. And if you look at a lot of these games Houston has played in, okay, you're down 10-3 at halftime against Indy. 
they go off and score for another 20 points in the second half. No adjustments were made. Uh, same for Cleveland. Yeah, you lose Tyrod Taylor and then, but you go with the lead, no adjustments were made. Same with the, the uh, Carolina Panther game. You were down uh, one score. Second half, no adjustments. You have to lead against New England. Second half, no adjustments. And these no adjustments have been affected by the personnel. Make something different. Do something different. Give this team a different look because maybe the look that you're giving them ain't the look that they need no more. <laughs> and you know what, John? And what's funny is it's funny we're sitting here talking about whether or not the Texans are making adjustments. And to be honest with you, they are, but they're making the wrong type of adjustments because it doesn't make no type of sense to bench Lonnie Johnson Jr. And look, we're not sitting here on this show over the last week or so, ever since we found out everything that's been going on with Johnson, but we don't want to make it seem like he is what one of the best safeties in the league. He's, he's far from that. But why in the world would you bench a guy who is coming off ever since he started his season? I believe, I think he made his season debut in week two or week three. I can't remember which one it was, but remember he had got injured. He got banged up during training camp in preseason, so he missed like the first game or two. But ever since he's been out there on that field this year, playing alongside Justin Reed, excelling in Lovey Smith's defensive scheme, you're going to bench the man? That makes no type of sense. And look, we could go back and forth on the Charles Aminihu situation, but at the end of the day, regardless of how you feel about Aminihu, he is still going to give you more than what, I hate to say it, what Jordan Jenkins is going to give you. But the whole purpose of this, looking at this whether or not, my main issue has, is now who is the number one reasoning? Who is the number one person that we could kind of put the blame on? And I know on the outside looking in, a lot of people want to say, well, it got to be David Culley because he's the head coach. He's the one making these adjustments. He's the one that's going out there telling this person that he's going to play, he's going to be benched, and he's going to be a healthy scratch. But ladies and gentlemen, I got some news for you guys, and this is probably not going to be breaking news, but David Culley is not the end-all, be-all head coach like the other 130 head coaches. And it's funny, and it's funny that the Houston Texans are in this situation now because the last regime, Bill O'Brien, you know he had final say. David Culley does not have final say. And what I hate most about this is that he is the one that's going to take all of the backlash and all of the heat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the only issue that I have with it, or the biggest issue, or however I want to put it, at, at some point. Okay, you're telling us these things from the month of July, August, and you want to get players out on the field that deserve a shot. You want to get players that you may feel like is doing good in practice who will commit to it, right? You had that comment about Philip Lindsay, not Philip Lindsay, I'm sorry, Scotty Phillips, and how he's been doing good in practice and he's still there. Commit to it. Like commit to some of these things. At least show and, and I'm the sorry team to that cut you're you off. Yeah, go ahead. But at least the show only the team time, that you're going to commit to the things that you say. But I was just going to say to the Scotty Phillip point, the only time that we saw him, it was for one game this year. I think it was a game against the Panthers, and he was just activated just to give a boost to the, to the special team unit. Like, what? Yeah. That's where we are right now, guys. 
Like, this is where we are. And like I said, man, there's so many things we wish we can tell you guys, but we can't. Uh, but the team is just in a state where we just want y'all to prepare for what comes with being a Texan fan, if you're still going to be a fan. I know some people jump a ship right now. And Dallas looks good, so they're heading up to out 45, and they're going to Dallas right now, Jerry World, because they 5-1 oh with gosh. Dakota. Oh, my gosh. In life, we're all bound by different things. With beachbound.com vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe you may want to be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at a poolside bar and maybe creating my own flight taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be as happy as I can be with beachbound.com. You can find the perfect beach vacation for you, your wife, your kids, the family, your family reunion, whoever. Beachbound.com, no matter what you're looking for, you're bound for it at beachbound.com. Visit beachbound.com today. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? A Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, while it's only $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do it yourself for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On Texans in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. And before we close out this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, look, this organization is in a mess, and I, I kind of feel bad for the fans because you you put so much effort and time into rooting for this organization, and at this point, it seems like what are you, what can you look forward to? Because you know, when you take a look at a team like the Detroit Lions, well. Maybe not the Detroit Lions because they've been bad for so long. But when you take a look at a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, for instance, you know, they went on they they, they finished the year one and fifteen. But their organization and they, they they their fan base still had a sense of hope because they was drafting and they, they knew they was going to get the top overall pick. And Trevor Lawrence was the grand prize. When you take a look at the Houston Texans side of things, you know, it seems like they picked the wrong year to be extremely bad because there isn't a generational talent, at least for a quarterback aspect, which is by far the most important position in football. There isn't a generational talent for this organization to go out and draft. However, <clears throat> John and listeners, the one sense of hope I would say Texans fans have before the season come to the close is to just root for the is just to root for the demise of other organizations. And the two organizations I'm looking at 
are the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins, which means it is time to talk about everybody's favorite topic, Deshaun Watson. And we're not going to spend a long time on this, but I just wanted to point that out because the, the Miami Dolphins, and, and this argument is more so towards Miami, they are one in five. They have the same record as the Houston Texans. And you're talking about arguably the most disappointing team for this season. If Miami continues to spiral out of control, they're going to be in a position where they're going to be desperate to get their hands on Deshaun Watson this offseason. And they're, you know, I hate to say overpay for Deshaun because like I keep mentioning, Whatever the Houston Texans are asking for Deshaun's talent, he is worth every penny of that. However, on the flip side of things, you still have to take a look at the legal standpoint that is still out there. But I say all that just to say, I can see Miami going out to make sure they get their hands on Deshaun Watson this offseason. And kind of the same thing for the Philadelphia Eagles. However, Miami, they are in a win-now situation versus the Eagles. They still feel like they are maybe a year or two away. But at the end of the day, you're still looking at two teams that are going to put the Houston Texans in a position to have multiple first-round and second-round picks in next year drafts and most likely beyond as well. You know, you mentioned Miami. I think Philly right now is primed and ready. Philly may have a quarterback change soon hmm. because they got Minshew. They traded for Minshew, and Jalen Hurts is very inconsistent. He ain't getting it done for him, and they could possibly have to see what, you know, kind of keep an eye out on what Carson Wentz does in Indy. Philly may possibly have three top ten picks. And so Houston would be a fool not to, you know, say, hey, well, what y'all got over there? What y'all got going on with, with, with y'all situation? But I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I can be just completely honest. You know, I'm not sure how excited fans should be in those draft picks. Because this is a quarterback's league. And if you if you can't come out of next year's draft, which I think is highly unlike, unlikely with a franchise quarterback, then where do you go from there? Davis Mills will be here next year. You know, he's he signed his contract, so he'll be on a rookie deal and you know, he'll go into year two of learning the system in the NFL. But draft picks, when you, when you look at the draft picks compared to the last three to four years, like you had everything. So we went we went from having everything to now we got to bank on maybe possibly these draft picks hit. And that's the thing. If the Texans were to pull a deal for – you know, send Deshaun to Philly or Miami, you know they're going to send back their starting quarterback. Now, we can go back and forth on Jalen Hurts, but part of the reason why I want to see Deshaun Watson go to Miami because I know for sure Tool will be in the deal, which means the Texans will have an opportunity to have a solid chance of regaining the possibility of having a new franchise quarterback. And look, two, I just think has been placed in a bad situation. And I'm not about to make this into a whole, you know, 
I'm all for Tua and all this, but I want the Texans to bank on giving rather that person be Davis Mills, rather that person be Tua back in the trade, Jalen Hurst, or whoever the case might be. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater if they send him to Denver. Whoever they bring back, I don't want them to draft a quarterback. And we're going to talk about this more so on tomorrow's show about the possibility of the Texans giving Davis Mills another opportunity because when you look at the landscape of the quarterback situation that's going on in college right now, a lot of the best quarterbacks are freshmen and they are not coming out of next year's draft, which means mm-hmm. it's going to give this organization another opportunity to improve on other areas that they need to focus on. However, to stick with the theme of the show, my next issues with all these draft picks that the Houston Texans will get back in the Deshaun Watson trade, are they going to draft talent players or or are they going to draft players who are smart, dependable, trustworthy, and their personality fits the culture? Which, what is the culture? Right now, the coach is sitting there one and five, being undisciplined, blowing second half leads, or blowing games where the, it's close to go win, that's the culture right now, and it ain't winning. So you pick and choose what you want to be a part of. I'm Justin Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Take time out. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. You see it right there. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Before closing out this latest installment of Locked On Texas, I want to let everybody know the Houston Texans in the second half are being outscored 78 to 10. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.